today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Most of the time, we only learn by suffering the consequences of our sin and our folly and the emptiness that will always ensue. And it's almost like we have to go through it. You know, here God is saying, don't do that. I'm trying to save you from unnecessary and needless pain and suffering. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. Whether we care to admit it or not, many of us have learned our fair share of hard lessons, regardless of how many warnings we've received. As Pastor J.D. discusses in his message today, this is an unfortunate yet common characteristic of mankind. In his study, you'll learn the importance of heeding God's Word so as to avoid painful lessons. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We are in the book of Ecclesiastes. Last week we finished chapter 1. We're going to pick it up and Lord willing make it through chapter 2. So I'll invite you to turn there in your Bibles for those of you that are online. And uh, for those of you here, you're probably already there. So as we make our way through chapter 2, it's going to become abundantly clear that Solomon is learning the hard way. I don't know if you, this is going to date me for you younger people, this you have no idea. I think it was back in the 70s. I don't know if you remember the Fram oil commercial, oil filter commercial, where the guy would would get on TV and he would hold up this Fram oil filter and he would say, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. Oh, you do remember that. (laughs) That has stuck with me all these years, because the whole point was, you can pay me now for this filter, way more better, (laughs) more better, or you can pay me later when it's going to be way more expensive, because you're going to be paying for a new engine. So there's the easy way, and there's the hard way. And I don't know what it is, and I'll speak for myself, but I have to learn the hard way, and I have the scars to prove it. Oh, I wish that (laughs) maybe you're different. If you are, praise the Lord. You're saving yourself a lot of heartache, a lot of misery, a lot of problems, a lot of trouble. But there are just some of us that have to learn the hard way. And such is the case with Solomon. Sometimes, really I would even venture to say most of the time, we only learn by suffering the consequences of our sin and our folly and the emptiness that will always ensue. And it's almost like we have to go through it. 
You know, here God is saying, don't do that. I'm trying to save you from unnecessary and needless pain and suffering. So don't do this. And I think about Solomon. Uh, the kings were commanded not to multiply for themselves wives, horses, and gold. And what does Solomon do? He multiplies for himself wives, horses, and gold. Now, why? Uh, I'm trying to protect you from that which will happen to you if you do this. It's not like God is saying, don't do this because I'm God and I said so. No, I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to spare you. And so what do we do? We do it anyway, and then we realize, oh my goodness, that's why God said don't do this, because <laughs> look what's happened as a result of me doing this. And we end up, maybe, <laughs> thankfully, we do learn. Some never learn, right? But it really is a thing of having to learn the hard way. You know that saying, been there, done that? I think some have added to it. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Well, I think Solomon would say, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, <laughs> and I had to learn the hard way. It, it wasn't worth it, but it was almost like he had to go through all of this in order to learn it. Sometimes there's just no other way. You know, in parenting, I was thinking about this, in parenting, sometimes, you know, you can try to teach your children and you would hope that they'll just learn the lesson and be spared of the consequences of their disobedience. But they don't. And then sometimes you just have to sit helplessly by and watch them make all of the mistakes, suffer the consequences that always come, and just hope and pray that at least they'll learn the lesson that way. At least they'll learn it that way. I wish it weren't that way, but sometimes it almost has to be that way. Had they never gone through that, they would have never learned that. So here with Solomon, as we'll see, he tries everything he can every way he can, only to realize that not only does nothing satisfy, it actually leaves you even emptier than you were in the first place. And the reason for that is because only God can satiate that thirst, that hunger that we have in our souls. Nothing will fill that void. Oh, it might satisfy but for a season, but it's not long before you realize, and again you learn the hard way at the end of the day, oh my goodness, this is, not only has this not satisfied me, I'm more miserable now than I was to begin with because of it. But here's the thing, I, I, I imagine God just waiting ever so patiently, 
in all of his long suffering, as if to say, I know that you have to learn it this way, so I'll just be here. When you come to the end of yourself and you throw up your hands and you say, oh God. (laughs) And it's almost like God is saying, well, it's about time. Uh, You realize now, yes, I do. You understand now, yes, I do. You know now why I said, don't do this. Yes, I do. Well, let's jump in, verse 1. Solomon writes, verse 1, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure. But surely this also was vanity. I said of laughter, madness. And of mirth, what does it accomplish? In other words, I set my heart, I even tested my heart, and I said to my heart, just have your fill and enjoy all of the pleasures available to you. And even descend into just this partying, laughing, enjoying, and only to realize that it's all empty and it accomplishes nothing. Now that's interesting to me, because God created us to have purpose and this sense of accomplishment. I know this might um, be maybe difficult at first to grasp, but do you realize that there's going to be work in heaven? That work was blessed before sin entered the world. Adam and Eve were created and they were given this garden to work with the work of their hands. And when sin entered and the curse with it, then work was cursed by the sweat of our brow. But when we're in eternity, in the new heavens and the new earth, we are going to be working and it is going to be a joy because we were created to work. You ever hear those stories about guys who retire and they, they, it's just like, you know, they just do nothing and they just kind of, yeah, I, I think about it like this, and I know this might be a, a silly illustration, but God didn't create us to sit in a recliner with a remote. That's pretty bad, isn't it? Well, if you have a better one, let me know afterwards, and I'll, I'll certainly replace it. But he, he didn't create us to do nothing, and He also did not create us to have our fill of pleasure. I was thinking about this too. Uh, You know why these famous people go crazy and insane and mad and oftentimes commit suicide? It's because God never created them to be on the receiving end of that much worship and adoration. (laughs) It, 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 it just goes against the very nature of who we are created in God's image. You know, there's this sense of accomplishment 
And what Solomon is saying is, I had my fill of the party life. I mean, we just got done reading in chapter 1 where he set his mind and heart to achieve knowledge. And it was almost like he enrolled in this, you know, college (laughs) and wanted to seek and pursue this, thinking that that would satisfy Apart from God, nothing will satisfy. But he's, again, keep in mind, he's trying to do this apart from God. He's under the sun, S-U-N, and that's the problem. He's not under the sun, S-O-N. And no matter what he tries, no matter what he does, no matter what he tries to do, it's never going to fill that void And he comes to the end of it, and he says, it accomplishes absolutely nothing. And I think about the party life. You can party all you want, but you're going to come to this realization that not only is it accomplishing nothing, it is actually leaving me emptier than I was before. Why? Because God never created me for that. That's... He created me in His image. Verse 3, I search in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine, while guiding my heart with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was good for the sons of men to do under heaven all the days of their lives. I made my works great. Listen listen to this list of everything he built. And you can go to Israel today and you'll see the remains of all that Solomon had amassed. All the buildings he built. He says, I built myself houses. Houses, plural. How many houses can you live in at one time? <laughs> and planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards, and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. I built theme parks and water parks, just to bring it into a modern day context. Verse 7, I acquired male and female servants, and had servants born in my house, Yes, I had greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. Because he could. He had seemingly limitless wealth. The wealth that Solomon had, some estimate, was incalculable. He was so wealthy and he spared himself nothing. And he kept building. And here's how it looks like and sounds like in our life. If only I had, and you fill in the blank, then I'd be happy. If only I could, and you fill in the blank, I'll be happy. And what you find is you're like the woman at the well. And Jesus says to her, you know, you can continue to drink of this water and you will thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I have to offer, you will never thirst. Here's the point. You can never satiate a a spiritual
spiritual need with a physical supply. You can do all you want. You can build all you want. You can add all you want. You can can all you get and get all you can. (laughs) But at the end of the day, you will realize it does not satisfy. I forget who it was, but uh, he was asked, he was very wealthy, uh, how much more wealth do you want to accumulate? And his answer was something to the effect of just a little bit more. In other words, you could never quite get to that point. So you, you get that which you want, you think it's going to make you happy, it doesn't make you happy, so what do you do? You try to get more. You know, they did an interesting study, this is many, many years ago, and it was basically a secular study, basically trying to uh, determine the happiness of those making a certain amount of money annually. Let's just use $50,000, of course, that's, boy, this is really an old uh, study, <laughs> certainly not applicable to us today living in Hawaii, but let's just use $50,000 a year for purpose of illustration. And what they found was that the people that were earning $50,000 a year were just as happy as those making many times more than that. And the point of the study, and this was the takeaway from it, that once you have your basic needs met, you're content. And so you can go out and amass all of this wealth. It's not going to make you happier. In fact, the opposite is true. You know what happens, and Solomon's going to allude to that here towards the end of the chapter. (laughs) So you amass all this wealth. You think, okay, now I can just sit back in that recliner we talked about with the remote and just enjoy my life and live happily ever after. No, you're not. Because now that you've amassed all of that, now you're going to be worried about keeping it. See, you're, I, I, I heard it said this way. Perfect. You strive to gain, you'll strive to maintain. So here you're striving, you're, you're pursuing. And by the way, this whole thing of the pursuit of happiness, nah. <laughs> the pursuit of happiness... No, here's what it is. Jesus in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. That's what you're to pursue. You're to pursue the Lord and seek first Him and His righteousness, and He'll take care of everything else. If that's your pursuit, you will be satiated. If you're, if you're pursuing happiness, you're never going to find it. You know what pursuing happiness is like? I like how, how one said it. It's like chasing a butterfly. You're never going to grasp it. Solomon basically likens it to trying to grasp and, and, and catch the wind. You're never going to catch it. You can pursue it, try to grab it, you're never going to get it. That's what pursuing happiness is like. And God never created us for the pursuit of happiness. God created us for the pursuit of Him. You know, so many times we, we pursue things thinking that if I could just have this, then, and then I get it, that that's all I need. Yeah, I was just thinking about this. My, my wife, you know, for 10 years we couldn't have children. 
and we were told that we had what they called unexplained infertility. I mean, we would get pregnant, we would lose the baby in uh, pregnancy and by way of a miscarriage. One time it was an ectopic pregnancy. And so for 10 years we couldn't have children. And it was the cry of our heart. It, we ached for, we longed for, we cried for, we prayed for, we longed for children. And then when our son was born, my wife came to me. It was probably one of the most profound, simple truths that I can ever look back to. And she said to me, you know, she said, Honey, I thought that what I really longed for was to have a child, have a son. But what I realized, now that we have a son, was what I really longed for was the Lord. You know, it's that seeking first, pursuing first and foremost Him, and then He adds everything else. Listen, if you're not satisfied in the Lord, even with the Lord, nothing's going to satisfy Him. You can pursue whatever you want, all you want, it will never satisfy you because that is the way God created us. You know, I realize this is just words on a page in our Bible, but you have to understand that this was massive. I, I suppose it would be appropriate to compare what Solomon had amassed and all of the buildings and the vineyards and the water and everything that he, the houses everything he built would be like owning the entirety of the island of Oahu. And he owned it all. And all of the people, they were his employees, as it were. He had a could Think about what Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world, <laughs> the whole island of Oahu, and loses his own soul? I mean, you can acquire it, amass it, achieve it, and if your pursuit is not for Him, you will have all of this, and you will say, what? I am so unsatisfied. It has, it, I'm not happier. In fact, I'm more miserable. I don't sleep at night. You know, when I had nothing, I slept better, <laughs> right? So, Again, when you amass all of these things, you'll, you'll find that you're more worried, you don't sleep, there's more anxiety, because now the fear is keeping it, holding on to it, not losing it. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Ecclesiastes can seem daunting at first, but once you understand the heart behind the writer, it becomes inspiring. And who doesn't need to be inspired in their walk with Jesus every now and then? As you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, be encouraged to evaluate your life and the things you hold close to your heart. If you find the material things are closer to your heart than Jesus, be still before the Lord and ask Him to draw nearer to you. He's faithful and He'll meet you where you're at. If you haven't yet found a home church, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. 
You were never meant to do life alone. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to visit us. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor J.D. next time to learn more from Ecclesiastes right here on In Spirit and Truth.